And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. How about we can just watch basketball? I like that idea. Wow. It shouldn't take this long. It shouldn't take this long. Welcome to the Weekend Update with Dave DeFore and Keith Parrish. Every Monday on The Athletic NBA Show. It did the same thing to me that it's intended to do to the world. Ding, ding! I have access to information wow. that the public doesn't. And welcome to the Daily Ding on the Athletic NBA Show. I'm Dave DeFore here with Keith Parrish for your weekend update. Coming up, bad news all over the league. New Orleans, the Bay, and if you're a, you know, a Grizzlies fan, Boston. Before we start, don't forget, you can get this pod without ads by subscribing at theathletic.com slash NBA show. Keith, we got to start out. Trade season has ended. Maybe. Has it? I don't know. The... <laughs> The Warriors have filed a complaint against the Portland Trailblazers for misleading info on Gary Payton II's health status. This report at The Athletic is, honestly, it's a little bit damning if you're the Portland Trailblazers, but the uh, the Warriors are alleging that the Blazers covered up the extent of Gary Payton's injury. Early reports are he may not be able to play, Keith, for like two to three months, and it seems like the Warriors are not happy. He can't help them immediately and uh, are trying to get some restitution. Yeah, they're not happy. But also, I think if they were like, so do you want James Wiseman back? They're like, no, 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 I'm not saying that. This is exactly what it's like, Dave. I once bought a Lego set off of Amazon that was kind of rare. I saw it pop up on Amazon. I bought it. It showed up. The box was a little bit dented. I'm like, hey, Amazon, this box is damaged. And they're like, well, do you want to send it back? No, no, I did not want to send it back. I wanted to keep this thing. They're like, how about 20% off? Oh, that's great. Thank you. I think the Warriors, they're like, oh, so you want James Wiseman back? You want to pay all that luxury tax? They're like, oh, no, no, slow down. We're just asking for a little compensation. We're just asking for a little bit something back. Well, the Warriors part of the deal with the Blazers, they actually sent five second-round picks via the Atlanta Hawks. And so my guess, Keith, if they get a pick or two back, They'll just keep Gary Payton. In I want to know what the walk away. I want to know what the walkaway number is. What like, what if we give you two million dollars? Like, what if what if we buy you a new soda machine for the clubhouse? Like, what's what's the minimum walk away where uh, Joe Lacob and the Warriors can feel like it's been made right? Because they don't want to untangle this mess. They don't want the Hawks to be furious at them. The Hawks made additional moves to dodge the luxury tax because they acquired Sadiq Bay. The Pistons do not want to welcome back Sadiq Bay. Like, oh, we're just kidding. The Warriors don't want Wiseman back. So I think it is, I'm guessing, sometime during the Super Bowl or after the Super Bowl, they're going to untangle this mess. And again, we figure out exactly what it's worth to the Warriors. They have until 9.30 Eastern Sunday night. So as of the time of our recording, they have not rescinded the deal or or decided to go through. Ooh, the Dave, who comes up with the deadline? That's Super Bowl party time. Are they <laughs> like, are true. you serious? 
Yeah. We uh, have to wrap even... this up by the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl? Well, what's amazing is they schedule the games on Sunday to be done before the Super Bowl, which is very, yeah. very kind of them. Um, yeah, sure. But this deadline, yeah, it's going to happen during the Super Bowl. So the Buds will have more on that uh, Monday morning. More bad injury news in New Orleans. Look, the, the Pelicans were a great story early in the season. And, and, man, they were really good when they had health. As good as number one in the West. The Keith things have fallen apart for them. And more bad news. Their star, Zion Williamson, has re-aggravated the hamstring injury that's kept him out since the 2nd of January. He's now expected to miss multiple weeks after the All-Star break. And this is straight from the team. So this is, uh, you know, it's... It's probably worse than they're reporting. I mean, that's kind of how how that tends to work. So, look, man, hamstrings are tough. They are a hard injury to come back from. You have to use them constantly in basketball. So the the idea that this guy would re-aggravate it, it's pretty common, actually, to re-aggravate a hamstring injury multiple times. Uh, but, man, this is a team that I thought was going to be able to make a playoff run, maybe a conference finals berth, which for a young team – can be a springboard to to great things. And man, they just had so much injury luck. And, and Zion now with another mostly, you know, missed season. Yeah, I don't have anything really to even add. I have no analysis. I have nothing pithy to say. Like, it's just upsetting. It's just disappointing. It's crushing for Pelicans fans. Obviously, the deja vu of last season when he was out for forever. And they're like, oh, I'm coming back after the All-Star break. And it's like, no, I'm actually not. I guess the only thing I'll say is multiple weeks after the All-Star break, there are multiple weeks of the season left after the All-Star break. Like, we're running out of time. If he misses three weeks, he misses four weeks, there's like 10 games left. So it's just a horrible bit of news for Pelicans fans, for NBA fans in general, who love watching Zion Williamson play. So just a, a tough break for Zion and the Pelicans organization. Yeah, and as of right now, you know, the, the Pelicans are in the play-in. They're, they're in that seventh spot, and the teams below them are making a charge. So... Well, you got to, uh, yeah, they're, they're a game and a half clear of the Jazz and Trailblazers who are outside looking in and three games clear of the Lakers who are in 13th. So, I mean, they've been in a tailspin for a while and no help is coming. Uh, it turns out Willie Green and the players who are healthy right now, they got to figure it out right now uh, to, to maintain their spot in that playoff race. A little bit of good news here to end the news portion of the Daily Ding. From our own Kelsey Russo and Sham Sharania, Danny Green is going to sign a one-year, $2 million deal with the Cleveland Cavaliers once he clears waivers uh, following his uh, buyout or, or release from the Houston Rockets. And Keith, look, this is a sort of guy that the Cavs have needed for a couple of seasons. Isaac Okoro has been a great story, especially the start of 2023 where he's just shooting the lights out. But Danny Green gives a young team a veteran three and D wing. He didn't play much for your Grizzlies, but three games. That's right. You know, he did not play much. If he can play, what do you think he's going to bring for the Cavs? Why do I have to answer the question? You're the Danny green expert. You're the world's biggest Danny green fan. I should be setting you up, Dave. I, I'm going to defer. I'm going to throw it back to you. I, as a Grizzlies fan and analyst, I had worked up a lot of enthusiasm for what Danny green could provide with that spacing, with that smart, defense with that veteran leadership with that finals experience did i cover all the bases what else dave uh is danny green going to help this uh, this cavaliers team with he's a willing shooter and that's something that they actually have needed on the wing i think that's going to be a big addition for them uh just a guy who will space the floor no matter what he has to be guarded when he's on the wing he's a smart cutter and you mentioned all the defensive rotation stuff that he'll plug right in to what they do defensively um go look at his 
his block rate at some point. If you want to just be astounded by what a guard can do as a defender, it totally game changer. Uh, Danny Green's right up there with, you know, Dwayne Wade as far Dwayne as, Wade, uh, yeah. yeah, he's, he's really, really good. Have, have some fun with basketball reference. Compare Danny Green's block numbers with Blake Griffin's. Just go enjoy that kids. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily with 24 seven us based live customer service from discover. Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep. You heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Keith, there was a game on Sunday. Actually, there were two, but only one was the marquee game of the weekend. The Memphis Grizzlies go to Boston, and man, they you know what? This was a heck of a game. 119-109, the Celtics win. Now, they win by 10, but I don't know if that would indicate how close this game actually was. Boston led by quite a bit at halftime. Third quarter, I thought Memphis really turned up the heat defensively. And the story of this game was Derek White, again, stepping up when Boston needed him. Of course, no Jalen Brown out there. They're still missing Marcus Smart. And Derek White goes for 23, 10 assists, 3 rebounds. And it was good because Jason Tatum kind of struggled a little bit. Only 16 points on 3 of 16 shooting thanks to Dylan Brooks and his tenacious defense. So uh, Boston still cruising despite the injuries, and it just their depth has just come into play over and over again this season, and it's stepped up in big moments. They are legitimately the favorites to win the title this year, Keith. Well, when you get 14 total threes from Sam Hauser, Derek White, and Peyton Pritchard alone, that's more three-pointers than the Grizzlies made. The Celtics made 21 Three-pointers. They've been on fire at home from three. This is just another game where the Celtics make too many three-pointers. The Grizzlies are a bad three-point shooting team. They hoped a trade deadline addition of Luke Kennard was going to address that somewhat, but like you can't overcome 21 threes if you're the Grizzlies. Their normal formula for overcoming a three-point disparity is offensive rebounding. Well, guess what? The Grizzlies posted a season-low three offensive rebounds against the Celtics. Of course, Steven Adams has been out for a while, so... The Grizzlies fought valiantly, played pretty well. Even Dylan Brooks, who has struggled with his shot, you know, he struggled with the shot, but like you said, he guarded Jason Tatum. He held the man to three for 16 from the field. Dylan did his job. It's just the math is wrong right now for the Grizzlies when they're playing a team like the Celtics, which again, like you said, title favorites. Uh, when you're playing a team like that who can make 23 pointers a game, it's always going to be an uphill climb for Memphis. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, down their second best player and um, have a that sort of performance from Jason Tatum and still managed to win, you know, with 10 points to spare. I mean, that, that's something yeah. about Boston there. Uh, and I want to talk about John Morant getting to the paint at will. And that's one of the things that Boston has done a good job of, keeping guards out of the paint. But with John Morant, you just can't. 25 points and his finishing around the rim. And it just, it, he's like a center. It's special. I mean, the Grizzlies as a team are on pace to finish with the most points in the paint ever recorded. And yeah, it's not a center leading the way. It's a diminutive point guard he always is near the top of the NBA in, in points in the paint. And, uh, like, 
yeah, incredible finishing. That's just what Jaw does. I mean, this is just a basic Jaw Morant game of just getting to the basket. The third quarter was kind of fun where he was going musky hunting. He was just trying to get the max up <laughs> yeah. with Mike Muscala and kept scoring in the paint. And finally, there was that stretch where the Celtics stopped making three-pointers, and that let the Grizzlies tie the game up. But, of course, in the end, when Sam Howler is draining six threes and uh, Al Horford's catching grenades at the end of the shot clock and drilling threes, it's just not your night, and the Celtics look terrifying. And it was a rough Jared Jackson game. I mean, he fouls out, only plays 20 minutes. And, and you know, it's hard to withstand that, especially when they don't have Steven Adams out there. Well, yeah, I mean, the story with Jaron in most people's minds is foul trouble, and they probably accurately take that from his national TV ABC games. He's now had two of them, and he's been in foul trouble the entire time. The Grizzlies were plus seven when Jaron Jackson Jr. played in this game. That's a familiar refrain. He's one of the best per-minute plus-minus guys in the entire NBA. I mean, he gives you 15 points and seven rebounds. Uh, embarrassingly, no blocks for Jaron. He had a streak of five straight games with at least... Uh, four blocks. So the guy has been blocking tons of shots. He does not perform on national TV and the foul trouble um, keeps him from being on the court and helping the Grizzlies. They sorely need him. Despite this Luke Kennard trade, the Grizzlies are not deep like they were last season. That was one of their strengths of last season. They have elite frontline talent. And when Jaron gets in foul trouble, it really hurts the team. Yeah. Well, speaking of deep, the Brooklyn Nets now are a pretty deep team. If you like three and D wings and they're real, a little bit weird, Keith, they were battling with the 76ers. The Sixers pull it out 101-98. And, Keith, the end of this game was kind of nuts. I could not believe that Spencer Dinwiddie didn't get the shot off. Spencer Dinwiddie, on a sideline out of bounds with a chance to send it to overtime, catches the ball 30 feet from the basket. And just because his body wasn't turned enough, yeah. 0.9 left on the clock was not yeah. enough. He makes the shot. It doesn't count. And the Sixers win the game. But still, if you're a Nets fan, this is probably the most fun basketball you've gotten to watch in a couple of years. And I don't mean that watching KD and Kyrie Cook wasn't fun, but these guys bring none of the baggage attached, and it's just good old-fashioned hustle and, and heart. Well, you've lost the weight of expectation. And whenever you lose the weight of expectation, and there is a little bit of like, all right, let's just, we're the underdog, let's just go out and have fun. But like the Dinwiddie non-buzzer beater, is there a more exciting play in sports, Dave, than a guy drilling a half-quarter to tie the game and then going to the replay monitor? And, and wiping it away, and wiping it away. It was I mean, so I, cool. No, this next really team was is cool. fun, but it also this was perfectly illustrative of I think what a lot of people are saying. Like they're going to be good with this collection of Mikhail Bridges and Dorian Finney-Smith and Cam Johnson and Royce O'Neal, but they don't have that elite creation one-on-one, -on -one, and so maybe close games are going to be a struggle. And you saw it where the the last five minutes, no one could score, but you knew the Sixers. When they needed to, they can depend on James Harden. They can depend on Joel Embiid. This Nets team right now actually reminds me, to keep it Grizzlies-centric, uh, of the Hubie Brown Grizzlies team. They're like a 50-win regular season team, but had no elite creators, had no chance in the playoffs. And I feel like, not that this is going to be what the Nets team is for the next couple of years, but they're basically, as they're constructed right now in my mind, that's like a 50-win team that's going to be fun and yeah. lose horribly in the first round high floor like if we could get george carl out there coaching him you know oh, it'd be yeah. a 55 win nuggets team yeah sure um yeah. yeah and look for the sixers it's Embiid. it's harden 37 points 13 rebounds for Embiid. james harden had 29 six and six and just continues to play under control by the way these guys 12 of 13 from the line and nine of nine from the line yeah that you just you're not going to overcome that most nights i don't care which team you are well, as a team, the Sixers were 97% from the line, which is uh, pretty, pretty good.
The other big story from the weekend, Keith, we had a back-to-back between the Mavericks and the Kings. We got Kyrie and Luka making their co-star debuts together. Uh, The Mavericks pick up the win when it's just Kyrie, and Kyrie has actually, I thought, fit in pretty well there so far, uh, playing mostly by himself, being able to initiate the offense. Uh, But I want to talk about him and Luka together. I I thought it worked pretty well. Luka didn't look nearly as tired end of game. And yes, the Kings pull out the win, but the Kings are a pretty good basketball team, and that's going to happen sometimes. Yeah, I mean, I think from an NBA storyline, we're obviously interested in the debut of Kyrie and Luka playing together. If we want to be honest, the story of this one specific game was De'Aaron Fox taking over the second half. De'Aaron Fox, uh, congratulations, making his first All-Star team as an All-Star replacement. De'Aaron Fox, I believe it was 22 total points in the second half in overtime. But I thought maybe, again, big picture, thinking about the Kyrie-Luka pairing, it was really intriguing down, down the stretch of that game where it was Kyrie with the ball in his hands like over and over offensive possessions for the Mavericks where they were trading blows with the Kings in a close game. It was not Luka just pounding the ball every single possession. Kyrie had the ball a lot. And I got to say, like, I was a little skeptical when um, when the Mavs traded to get Kyrie and they sent out Dorian Finney-Smith. I'm like, that's that's Luka's guy. That's his wingman. But through a few games now, obviously only one with Luka, I've been impressed with how Kyrie's played. Also, this ascension of Josh Green... On the Josh Mavericks? Green's been incredible. Josh Green's been amazing uh, the past five or six games, and he he played over 40 minutes in the game on Saturday night, and yeah, the Kings won, which they, they needed to do. Whenever you get those back-to-backs, you drop the first one, you need to win the second one. So they got the split, very important at home, but I, I've been impressed by, by Josh Green, and now I feel like this Mavericks team, where they had been underperforming this season now with Kyrie with Josh Green coming on and Luca hopefully getting healthy um, like they look also formidable in that Western Conference I, I think Kyrie's work in the pick and roll so far with, with Dallas has been fantastic JaVale McGee looks like a whole different guy yeah you know, compared to how he, he looked early in the year and yeah you mentioned it De'Aaron Fox was incredible in this game he awesome. actually was a well-deserving all-star I had him over Sabonis which I know is controversial but I'm more You're of a De'Aaron me, Fox guy yeah, yeah I know I know Well, that's going to do it for today's show, folks. Thank you guys for listening. For Keith Parrish, I'm Dave DeFore. Keith, let's go watch the Super Bowl. Ding, ding. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.